Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Waiteka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hello, everybody. Monday must be my favorite day of the week. And today, I, I hope I can contain my excitement about today's show because my guests are Stella and Robin Mountain. They are the owners of Nataba Safari Tours. And I want to welcome you both to the show. Hi, Stella. Thank you for joining me today. Hello, Marsha. Lovely to be with you today. Thank you. And Robin, how are and you Marcia, today? Marsha, wonderful to be with you. And we are so, pro- so proud and privileged to be um, friends with you. And we, right at this minute, I'd like to thank Jamie, Jamie Bundy, who's listening to us. Jamie, thank you so much for introducing us. And as I say, the whole entire African Safaris team is really looking forward to this radio broadcast. Me too. And thank you for mentioning Jamie, because had it not been for Jamie, I wouldn't have been connected to you, Robin. But I must also do one other shout-out. If it wasn't for my friend Shelly Wells, who you guys met because we did a radio show together back in December, the, the two of you, and I did a show off with Jamie, Shelly is my very good friend. She's the program coordinator at Loyola Marymount University in their EMBA program. And I had the incredible good fortune of traveling once again with Shelly. We've been all over the world. And this, this time in, in March of 2017, we went to Africa. And we needed to do some securing of plans that were before the – the EMBA program started, and then, then again after the EMBA program was over. And that's where you guys came in. And honest, I, it gives, I'm, I'm serious. I, it's almost emotional for me. It gives me goosebumps to realize what you provided to Shelly and I and what we experienced because of your expertise. But before we get to that part, I, I think it's always interesting for my show and for my listeners to know who are these guests, who, who, who is on your show. So, Stella, I thought we could start with you. And mm-hmm. if, you could just t- if you could just tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, where you're from, maybe even how you met Robin, I'd love to know that backstory. <laughs> well, I'm South African. I'm a born South African. My mother tongue is actually German, so I grew up in the Natal Midlands on a farm, went to a German high school, and I met Robin when I had just turned 21. At that stage, I was working as a computer programmer in Pretoria, and I went to a party that I didn't really want to go to, but my friend needed a ride, so I said, okay, I'll take you. And at, that's the time when I met Robin, so it was quite an, <laughs> um, an, a, quite an interesting um, uh, occasion for us and absolutely wonderful because our lives have just been so interesting together, and it's been a privilege to be married to Robin. 
So um, yeah, yes, and so um, we, uh, we, Robin and I, are married. We've got three children. They are all grown and out of the house. Um, the oldest is thirty-one, and um, we are becoming grandparents in November. Um, yes, exciting. And Catherine is twenty-five. And we moved to the USA in 1999. Um, Robin was offered a job here in the States, and we decided to make a very, very big move for our family, with our family. Um, at that time, the situation where we were living on a farm in Petrotif was not very great for and secure for our family, for our children. Um, and we decided to leave. But also, you know, more than that, it was just an opportunity that we couldn't buy, uh, part, let buy, let go. Because um, Robin, um, you know, he he was he's in beekeeping, and that really was a great opportunity for him to expand that um, his expertise. So we decided to move to the states, and yes, and that's how it all started. Whoa. It's a great story. Thank goodness for that ride. Right, Robin? What would have happened otherwise? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I know it was a party I didn't want to go to either. But what's, <laughs> what's, what's quite interesting is, is a lot of people will, will get a good smile and a good kick out of this. What brought us to America in 1999 was the fact in, in, in South Africa we, we had pretty much the situation that we have in America right now with the colony collapse disorder with the honeybees. And which has been now has been now resolved. But I was offered a position in Yuba City, California. Any of you from north of Sacramento, Yuba City? I was offered a position running a queen breeding operation there, because I specialize in artificial insemination of honey queen bees. And um, we, we we had great fun living in California for four years. And I was offered a teaching position by a university in Kentucky, Kentucky State University which I, I, I absolutely loved what I did and did what I loved. But in 2005, um, we were privileged to start our, our company, Taba African Safaris. In fact, the first group of people that we took over were a group of beekeepers. And it was the cutest thing because I took my two younger children with, with, with me, um, Philip and Catherine, and it was a wonderful time. It, I, I did what's known as a COD, which means call on dad. And I sort of said, Dad, I need a... <laughs> I need a bus, I need a tour guide, and I need a, an, a you know, itinerary kind of thing. And um, he got, and he organized this all for us, and it was a wonderful experience. And um, I came back, and, and the next group that we actually got together was a group of bird watchers. And I wasn't able to lead that one, unfortunately, but still it did. And so we make the joke, we put the birds and the bees together, and we started our company. <laughs> but the word, the, <laughs> the name of Taba, um, which is uh, spelled N-T-A-B-A, is our last name in Zulu, and that and that means mountain. I think that's beautiful, and you know, I'm I'm really glad you spelled that because somebody might be thinking, well, how do you, how do you spell Nataba? And I think this might be just a great place for people to know. Do you want to um, um, mention the name of your website so as people are listening, perhaps they could. Listen and also maybe log on to your website. Why would why don't you give the, the website name for everybody? I appreciate this. The website is very very simple. It's just n t a b a Africa a f r i c a dot com. So it's n t a b a for Ntaba, and then just the word Africa dot com. And I must say, Robin, 
um, I have it up actually on my um, computer screen as we're speaking. It is a spectacular um, website, and I would imagine that you are responsible for the majority of those photos because you are not only an incredible tour guide, you are you are a stellar photographer as well. So um, it, it's a it's a really beautiful beautiful website. Um, so when, so Stella, what what year was it when you actually began your um, your your um, company? What year was that? It was in two thousand and five. Um, it was right okay. after Rob came back after the first trip with the beekeepers. It was such a success, and Robin realized how how much he enjoyed sharing his passion for Africa with others, and um, yeah. we decided to do it the correct way started the company and that's when we then from there onwards just started um, taking few groups the first year we mm-hmm. had one group and then we did two groups and this has just snowballed into a huge um, sure. business that we just no, don't yeah. only take but we also arrange a lot of travel for independent travelers like we did for you you know you come right. to us Say we would like we are going to be there. We want to. Can you please help us arrange a few, uh, make a few arrangements, and that's what we do. So we customize everything for our clients. You sure do. And Robin, let's start with this, because I don't want to admit what I thought about when I was going to South Africa. Well, I'm going to because I'm just keeping it real. I realize that Africa is a continent. All right. But when I learned that Shelly and I were going to South Africa, this is how uninformed I was. I, I'm willing to just admit this because I am. You hear about South Africa, and in my mind, Robin, I'm thinking directional. South Africa, North Africa, East Africa, West Africa. It wasn't until I actually started understanding where we were going that I realized that South Africa is a country <laughs> within Africa. So I thought maybe you could just give us a just a little bit of a geography lesson. How many countries are actually located um, within the the continent of South of, of of Africa? Of Africa, there are 54 countries located in the continent of Africa, and mm-hmm. um, we very often talk about um, the the about Southern Africa, the portion of what you call Southern Africa, which would be mm-hmm. South Africa. Zimbabwe, Botswana, Zambia, uh, Mozambique, and Namibia. And that is, is, is what we call Southern Africa. And, you know, I never laugh at anybody, um, or as you say in America, <laughs> I never laugh. I never laugh at anybody who would, who would make that, that mistake because, mistake. Because I'll be honest, when I was in Luxembourg two, two weeks ago, um, I, I, I said that I, I had to t- take an international flight out of Luxembourg to the, to the concierge at the hotel. And he smiled and looked at me and said, all flights out of Luxembourg are international. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, oh. we, we can't all be geography right? experts, but, you know, this is what we have for Atentaba. And, you know, one of the most important, or, or, or I, I just say five of the most important words that we use in our company is the word authentic. Um, mm-hmm. um, for those of you who are with me on Facebook, you'll see I use the, the word authentic many, many times because we don't send you to a game lodge, to a, to a game reserve, or, or to a hotel that we haven't stayed in ourselves before. We haven't, if, if we haven't experienced something, we don't, we don't send you on it. Um, memorable, and we, we talk about memorable for the right reasons, for you know, the fact that you were picked up on time, the fact that, that the guide that we assigned to you was there. 
and then in, intimate, like you saw how how your group was 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 small yet intimate. I mean, I'm doing large groups as well. I'm yes. doing the University of Louisville's alumni. And this is a very large group, but it's still intimate because it's only that group. You're not joining three or four groups together. And then secure. Secure is a very important thing to us, or security. Um, Des Blackhurst, who is our CEO in, in Cape Town, is a former military officer, the same as myself. And we have our finger on the pulse of, of what's happening in South Africa or Southern Africa all the time. And, you know, no ways are we going to let any of our clients, including ourselves, go to areas where, where there would be, un, be, be unrest. And, of course, the most important thing that we, we, we do with our itineraries, and Stella has three wonderful South African ladies working for her in our office, is to keep the itineraries unique. And when I talk mm-hmm. about unique, if you have a guy, if, if you have a group that are, are keen on bird watching, you know, don't go and mix them with a, with a group of, of, of non-birders, you know, or, or, or um, if, if you've got a, a group that is keen on photography, what we do is we will actually customize the itinerary that we use lodges where they have blinds. I'm actually taking a group of photographers in a couple of weeks to, to Africa. Um, David Marks is the, pho- is the photographer who, who, who's coming with us. And we go into a blind at the Victoria Falls Safari Lodge where we, where, where we will be eye level with the animals drink, drinking water. Mm. So, again, mm. unique in each and every experience that we can. It, it is really cool, and Des, Des is what you were talking about, Des Blackhurst, right? That's right, Des Blackhurst. All right. Yeah, so um, I wanted, I wanted um, that to be clear that Blackhurst is his last name and Des is his first name. Um, he, you did assign Des to us. We, we as a group of LMU people, we did arrive before our crowd, um, the students arrived, and he took incredible good care of us. Because, you know, you don't know what you don't know. It's sort of like my silliness about South Africa and South Southern Africa. And I was, well, this show is about you, but it's going to be really hard for me to not jump in with my own personal experiences because it was just so remarkable. When, and, you know, I wanted to mention something else. When we first made arrangements with you guys, I just thought it was what you provide your customer from a jacket that says Natabas um, Safar- um, African Safaris, a hat, adapters, you know, all kinds of information. And you you have a, a, a U.S. office. You And we should talk about that, Stella, because you actually live in two homes, don't you? No, actually not. We have, we, you Kentucky don't? Is not our home. We, when we, uh, shortly after we immigrated, we still had a home and a ranch in South Africa. We decided to sell that and uh, make America our home. So we became American citizens um, about five years ago, um, but we've still retained our South African citizenship. So we are, have got dual citizen, but we, Kentucky is really our home. So this is our base, and we just found it was easy because this is where we find our clients. The people who want mm-hmm. to travel with us, they are here. They want to con- connect with us directly. So it's so much easier to be within a, a close proximity, um, close the time zones, and be available for our clients to just pick up the phone and call, talk to us. So that is where, yeah, our home at the moment and now is in Kentucky here. 
Got it. And, you know, you're, you're really right about that because I, we had a lot of questions. You know, you have simple questions, like adapters certainly is one of mm-hmm. them, especially if you want to keep your phones charged and your cameras charged and things like that. You guys are so very generous. But, Robin, to, to back to you for just a second, so when you first meet your clients, is, do, you, do you have, like, sort of a checklist? You mentioned that, you know, you've got birders and you've got, you know, photographers. Let's, let's not forget about the wine. There's all kinds of, 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 of things that you can provide for your clients. If a client doesn't really know what they want, do you sort of have a checklist of what you would ask them to help um, um, make their unique experience impossible for them? I think to a large degree this is done um, before the clients travel. Um, as I said, you know, mm-hmm. David Mark been a friend with uh, a friend of mine for many years, and he has three of, of, of his photography clients who are coming with him. But certainly when um, when they arrive, I mean, it's, it's the chit and the chatter when we get there. And you know, they. Uh, um, I, 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 I mean, you were also very amazed that we had penguins in South Africa in Cape Town. <laughs> you know, and, and you'll have people say, you know, are we going to see the penguins, and, and what wine are we going to be able to get? But I'll give you a mm-hmm. lovely story. The last group that I've just had in South Africa now, um, the first night that we were out on a game drive, and a game drive is when we leave just before sunset and we'll, we'll drive into the sunset, and when it's dark, we'll use spotlights. We're in an open vehicle. You're totally safe because we've never fed the, the, the animals from the vehicle and we've never hurt them. But right on that first game drive, we had leopards mating on the first, uh, as I say, the first game drive these clients had ever done. And they were about 12 to 20 feet away from us. They were right next to the vehicle. And um, the cutest Whoa. thing was when we get back at dinner time, some of the clients said to me, okay, and, and what have you got next? <laughs> it's like, I, really, I, try and top I, that one. <laughs> I think I made a wow. silly joke. I, I, I'm sure we're going to see Impala tomorrow. <laughs> I'm sure the common antelope, but... Yeah, yeah. As I say, you know, we do we do as, as far as possible beforehand um, find out what 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 particular interests are. But again, you know, once we have people in in country, um, we, we 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 will you know just find out and and, and allow them to 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 lead us as well. Yes, mm-hmm. um, add to that as well because it is important. You know, once once we have people um, contact us and say they want to travel to South Africa, we find it the best to actually pick up the phone and to have a conversation with them because some clients think of Africa of just doing the safari and that's all they want to do. But then you have other clients who want to experience a little bit of the culture as well. So they want to spend oh. some time in Cape Town or they want to even spend some time in Johannesburg. So it's really important for us to pick up the phone, have a conversation, and if they don't have any idea we let them know of the different options. You know, just a few things that they can do. You know, that Cape Town is available, that the wine country in Cape Town is, you know, also another area that people are interested in um, about mm-hmm. the things about that. So we give them an introduction, but it's important to find out what is the client expecting. And what we have also have found are um, sometimes they've got expectations, but after we have spoken to them and they realize what else we can offer them, their itinerary, what they had in mind, changes a little bit to really something to wow them. And they come back after the trip being absolutely over, uh, over ecstatic about the experience they've had. I, I, you're describing me. Um, that would be absolutely true because I didn't know what to expect. 
you know, um, for the majority of the time that I was there, I was with the Loyola group, and so they they were on a mission, and actually winery was part part of their mission. And I would say that if you were to ask me, um, well, let let me just tell you where, where we where we actually were. So uh, we were in South Africa. There's no there's no getting around the fact that you need to allow yourself travel time, and you just need to adjust to that. It is well worth that experience once you arrive because once you're there you are just there and if your eyes are open and you're willing um there's so many things we can talk about um and i know we will talk about the the zabra and some of the things and some of the ways that you guys give back i showed up with a ton of bras and we can talk about that in just a bit but what I what I just so we were so we were in South Africa. It happened to be at the time when the big um, cycling was coming through at Table Mountain. That is a huge event that that happens in um, Cape Town. We were also in Botswana, which people, if they don't know, that's the beers. There's diamonds there, and then when we were done there, then we reconnected with you again and said, okay. We know that we want to go to Victoria Falls, and can you make that happen for us? Whoa. I, if those Americans that are listening to this and have maybe been to Niagara Falls, um, and it's beautiful. There isn't anything quite like Victoria Falls, which is over the top, and you guys, you, you made that happen for us, and, oh, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just remarkable. I, it really, it truly is. So, when people are thinking about some of the most popular places, you know, it's a huge, it's a huge continent. And somebody listening to this show goes, okay, so I've heard March talk about Cape Town and Botswana and Zimbabwe. There's lots of other countries there. So what, what are some of the popular places that you would recommend people visit? Does it depend upon the time of year? What, what would you say to that? No, Marsha, besides um, Southern Africa, there's, there's, of course, East Africa. And East Africa includes Kenya and Tanzania. And then, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Uganda and Rwanda as well. And um, recently, or I, should, I shouldn't say recently, um, we've been doing guerrilla trekking in both Uganda and Rwanda, as mm-hmm. well as, as the Great Migration in Tanzania. Now, I've had the privilege of climbing Kilimanjaro three times myself. But no, if anybody would like to know, I'm not doing it again, but I can arrange it for you, and I have a daughter who would <laughs> gladly take you up there. But um, East Africa is a great, great experience. For anybody who says, you know, well, I've been to South Africa, I've, I've done the Kruger, I've done the wine, I want to do something else. Um, East Africa is a great time. I've, I'm leading some groups next year. I've got space on some groups in 2019 where we are doing the gorillas in both Uganda and Rwanda. And, um, oh, boy. And where we will be doing the migration, and, and you know the migration, the migration happens annually. What 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 it is? It's the it's the wildebeest. If we know that song by Toto out of Africa, um, or, or the rains in Africa, I apologise. Um, it's those rains that fall in in, this, in, in, in the Maasai Mara that pull the, the wildebeest up through the Serengeti to to cross over the Mara and the Sand River. And when they when they've depleted that grass, it's the rains that were down in the southern Serengeti. That, they, that, 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 that will then pull them down um, across the rivers again through the Serengeti and to, to calve in the, in the, in around about Christmas time in the southern Serengeti. 
South Africa mm-hmm. doesn't have any particular rain season when one, one shouldn't go there. I often say to people the best time to go to South Africa is when it suits you because, you know, when you're speaking to teachers or lecturers or students, um, you know, it's of course it's the best time for them to go in June, July, August, which is South Africa's winter, but it doesn't mean, you know, you're not looking at a North Dakota winter. It's in spite mm-hmm. of Japan, in spite of Johannesburg being a mile high, as high as Denver, um, we have cold mornings, but we have beautiful what my mom used to refer to as champagne days. So as I say, there's no particular time. What you want to be careful of in East Africa is their rainy season, which is November till about March or April. And um, that, uh, that, as I say, is about the only, the only time that I would say avoid East Africa. Okay, that's good to know when I make my plans because you know I have to go back. I just do. You know, when people when when people that are just hearing about going to Africa, there's sort of a a, a quick um, assimilation to the word safari, and and then it's like, well, does that mean people are you know? There's been a lot of things about safaris on the news, you know, and people that go with their rifles and want to shoot and. And I don't mean with the top with the camera, but with with a rifle, and and people don't always understand what safari is. And you even you even mentioned um, game drives. So could you just describe what exactly? How would you describe what a safari is? Okay, the word safari is a Swahili word. It actually means long arduous journey. And when you put the word M in front of safari, safari, it means a traveler. So I was often referred to in, in East Africa was as Msafari and Taba, the traveler and Taba. Um, but mm-hmm. it, 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 nothing to do with hunting. It just, it, it just was, was, was um, adopted by, by, by the hunters as talking about a, you know, going on a, on a hunting safari. But again, the word safari is, means, means, means a journey, and a Msafari mm-hmm. is, is a traveler. Um, yeah, with, 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 with a safari, we don't, we don't, um, we don't um, promote hunting through Entaba. All, all the safaris that we promote are what we will call cultural or photography. And, um, yeah, that, as I say, is, is, is what we promote through Entaba. You know, you threw out a word right now that um, is resonating with me because I can't help but share some of my personal experiences. And... Um, you mentioned the word culture. <laughs> there is so much culture, and there is so much diversity. When Des took us on that trip, there were seven of us, or however many there were of us, and took us down through the Cape of Good Hope, and we drove past. He, without him describing what we were looking at, we would never have known what we were looking at, and nor would we have, I'm just going to speak for me, nor would I have understood the glossary of some of these terms, like the term township. I didn't really know what a township was. An informal township, I didn't know what the difference of what that was. And we're driving along this beautiful, beautiful coastline and feeling so safe and secure and just listening. And he would pull over so we could stop for these photo opportunities. To our left was this informal township, and I didn't know what that meant, but I know what I was looking at, and what I was looking at, to me, were a bunch of metal containers, 
like you would see in a shipyard where people are, you know, at a dock somewhere. And what I came to learn about those metal containers is that that indeed was their home. And I didn't know that people lived in anything like that. I was completely unaware of that. And and then I learned quite a bit more about those townships, and I'm, I'm sure we can get into talking about that because, unfortunately, sometimes fires come in and where people were living in whatever their condition was. Maybe it's not the condition that I live in, but it was their home. Um, they had a serious problem. And, Robin, the, what I took away, if you ask me, Marsha, just give me what was your real takeaway as much as the nature was phenomenal and I have 2,000 photos. The people, oh, my gosh, I can hardly speak about Africa and not talk about the people. It didn't matter if you were driving a BMW or you were living in an informal township. Everyone smiled. Everyone smiled they greeted you i was rem- i was so impressed with how, me- how the the language i thought oh people aren't going to speak english well of course they speak english and your guides speak five languages more you the people in africa that that gets in your heart i'm just saying anyway all right i'm going to gather myself here um when we um talk about um I'm sorry, because i got to grab myself here. When we talk about some of the animals, when we, when we speak about going on safari, which we did, you often hear the term Big Five. Now, here, Big Five happens to be a sporting goods store, all right? But we're talking, about, we're talking about a different Big Five. Can you tell me what is included in the Big Five? What animals are we talking about? Well, right. The Big Five doesn't come from a very particular nice term, unfortunately. Marcia, it mm-hmm. comes from... It was a hunting term. It was the most, it was the, the big or the, the, the most dangerous animals hunted on foot. And that is the lion, mm. the, the rhinoceros, the buffalo, the ele- and the elephant. And um, they, as, as I say, it, it, you know, the big five now, we, we talk about shooting it with your camera. And um, that's, right. that, that's something we will always try as game rangers to make sure that, that our clients get the opportunity to see the big five. But, you know, we also, again, where there's a big five, there's a little five. Where there's a little five, there's an <laughs> ugly five, there's a pretty five, and, and, um, and, 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 and what can go on. I think the, the little five is the elephant shrew, the leopard tortoise, the, um, the buffalo weaver, and, and they go on like that. But as I say, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just, a, but just, but just to pick up on, on, on a couple of um, points that you mentioned, you know, um, any con- country has got what we call geomorphology. It's got rivers and forests and mountains and and well animals too, but it's it's the people that make the country. It's it's, it's the population and you know Stella and I grew up during the dark dark days of apartheid, which you know none of us are proud to 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 have been around in 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 those days. And because I'm a white South African, I was actually drafted into the military. I had to do two years military or five years in jail. But what, what is so beautiful to see is how our, con- our country has bounced back. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned how, how it touches you. It was quite, quite funny. Um, I, was, I, I, I was taking a flight to Victoria Falls, and on the way to the flight, 
um, there was a, a, a lady, a, a, a Zimbabwe lady, who had a baby on her front and, and, and um, packets galore, and a little a little boy about three or four, no, about two or three years old. He was just throwing a hissy fit because he didn't want to go, and this poor lady was exasperated. So I, I, I said to her, what flight have you got? You know, what flight are you on? And she said, I'm, I'm on the Bulawayo flight. I said, but they're calling your flight right now. And um, without even thinking or asking, or in America you'd never do this, I just picked her son up <laughs> on <laughs> my hip, ran down the stairs because the escalator had stopped. This kid was was kicking me all the way down until he realized, oh, well, this, 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 you know, this is good fun. Um, I ran up to the <laughs> gate and I said to the guys, you can't close the door. And they said, yes, we're closing it now. So I, I gave the kid to the guy at the door. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> And it was cute. It was, it was cute how the mother came down, and of course I'm shouting to her in in, in Zulu, yeah, which was in Dabeli, in, in 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 her sense, you know, hurry up. And then the grandmother was coming. But the funniest thing was 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 people looking at this whole situation. Here's a white guy picking up a little black kid running down the stairs, shoving him, <laughs> shoving him into the hands of a black man and saying, "Don't close that door." And you know that's what South Africa is. You know, we, as 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 we've often said, we had a hell of a fight fighting with each other. We really did, but now we are mm-hmm. fighting. We are fighting for each other, and it's beautiful to see in South Africa. I mean, the pendulum has swung the other way. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the the whole um, um, alternative lifestyle as well. Um, Cape Town is is is, is very um, gay friendly in in many many ways. And um, mm-hmm. as I said, no, no, when, 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 when people quote um, crime statistics from any country, I always look at what are the major cities where they're coming out of. And, um, you know, I mean, all, all we've got to do is just look at some of our major cities in this country. Who would mm-hmm. want to come to America? And the same thing in South Africa. Where we take you are to the, are to the, are to the, the you know, the wild areas, the, the, the wild as in game reserve areas. Johannesburg, perfectly safe where we take you. And, um, you know, we, we, we use, as, as you met Des and you met the guides, the guides in the game reserves, we use, we use local guides. You know, as much as I'm a, mm-hmm. a national Des is a national guide, we will use people who are local, who are, you know, sometimes 8th, ninth, 10th generation, um, um, you know, game, tracker, game trackers in those areas. Well, it, it, it's really true. I don't think I ever had any sense of being unsafe. And um, ever, I, I mean, it just didn't occur to me. I was so busy having a camera around my neck and looking at this and looking at that and looking at that bird because I'm a bird person and looking at your beautiful, what is it, is it pronounced Portia? Is that the name of your national the, flower? The Portia. Yeah, beautiful, yes. And, um, and, and your beautiful wine and your beautiful coastlines. I, I mean, if the, I can't imagine going to any part of Africa, depending upon what you, meaning the traveler, was interested in doing and not finding precisely what, you're, what you were hoping to, and so much more, and so much more. You know, you, 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 there's, you can't know everything the first time you go. And, and so when you, when you go with your sort of eyes wide open, as I like to say, with just appreciating the experience, then there's there's no letdown. The only letdown is when you finally come home and you and you kind of recover from your jet lag, and then you're wondering when you're going to go back and what you're going to see again. Um, one of the things that I thought we could talk about, and I know we have this sort of outline we're working from, but I wanted to speak a little bit more about South Africa because we spent 
so much time there. And because Des took us on this tour and introduced us, and I have some of this artwork on my wall, you are very much involved with giving back. And as I mentioned, there was a fire in this in, in, um, infor- informal township. And it turns out that we didn't know until later when we went to the original tea bag design. And I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about that company and what she does because because Des did take us there. Could you talk about that, what, what, what they do? Yes, I can. Um, it was actually oh, started by a lady from Hel- uh, called Helen. She came from um, England, and she moved to Cape Town. And she was having – a friend of hers was visiting, and she was just very concerned about these informal settlements and the people, the ladies who were struggling to make ends meet and having to care for their family. And so and at that time, these two ladies, Helen had a, a, a cup of tea with a friend, and they were discussing what they could do to help these ladies. And the idea came to mind to use a used, 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 used tea bags to create mm-hmm. something. And that is how this whole thing started. So um, they use old tea bags, um, empty the tea, ba- tea leaves out of it, and then they use that to create different pieces of art. And as you know, it is incredible what they make, really <laughs> unbelievable. But what yes. is that, you know, they are so skillful, so art. They're very arty people in South Africa, so skillful. And um, what, but the biggest thing is that the, diff, the change it has made in their lives. Now they can care for the families. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I go ahead, go ahead, Robin. I, I'm sorry, just, I'm so excited about talking this. You, you speak, please. Not a problem. Um, what's really great about this next time that I go, I'm going to be able to combine the two projects together. The other project that we are involved in, um, Paul Kruger, if you've heard of the Kruger National Park, his great-great-daughter, mm-hmm. Jeanette Kruger, who I hope is listening in as well, um, her and myself and a couple of others started an organization called Zabra, Z-A-B-R-A. And when one travels internationally on, on most airlines, you're allowed to, to, to travel with two suitcases. And I always put, put one finger up and say, this suitcase is for you, and who's this suitcase for? The other one. And, um, and so, so what we do, in fact, in my office right now, I've got a, a couple of hundred bras that my, my cat climbed into the other day. Quite, quite, quite funny. But um, I've got these, gra- these bras that we'll pack over. Last year, personally, I took over about 6,000 bras. And uh, so this, the association, uh, the bra took over about 30 a thousand bras, and 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 why and why do we take over bras? Bras are very easy and light to pack in a suitcase, and you know what? I just feel it's it's such a a personal blessing to the woman who receives it. Um, there was a lovely um, example of a, and I'm going to mention colour now if nobody minds. Um, there was a lovely scene in Cape Town. In fact, Marsha, one of those those in, informal settlements you're talking about. Um, where at the end of last year they had some, they had an excess of bras in one of the rape crisis centres that they had, so the police put together some, some you know, Christmas packages to to give out, and um, the, and the, there was a police vehicle standing there, a big white, authoritative-looking policeman handing out these, these parcels to the ladies, and there was a black lady standing with a white T-shirt on, and you could see that buying a loaf of bread was was more important than than a bra. And you, you sort of saw this look at her like, yeah, guys, what are you doing here? 
And so the next 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 picture you see, she's she's got a, she's holding a parcel, and in the next picture, I mean, it just it had me in tears. She had her her arms around this this, this white policeman, giving him a hug and a kiss, saying thank you. So you know, if that if that epitomizes what what we do with these bras, mm-hmm. you no, know, it's just I. Uh, it's you know, just you got, fabulous. Uh, it's fabulous, Robin, because. We did bring bras. Shelly and I both brought bras. We collected bras before we left, and, and we brought them. Because I asked you about, can, you, can we just give them to you and you send them? And it's like, Marsha, since you're coming, would you, if you wouldn't mind bringing them, because they pay an, an incredible tax of receiving them if it comes mailed to them. So we learned that. And back to the original tea bag design, what I'd like the listeners to also know is that in talking with them and, and witnessing the women drawing, imagine if you drink um, Lipton tea or whatever tea you like and it's in a bag and then you empty it out and now the paper is brown and now you have flattened it out. They have had Boy Scouts do e- get their Eagle of Scouts by sending them thousands and thousands of paper tea bags that they, that the women there, and there was one man too, but they were majority women that were making coasters and artwork. I have some up on my wall and note cards, tablets, and oh gosh, it's, it's just, and so if people want to look at that, it's called the original tea, like the letter T bag design. They can look that up too. And, and you had talked about, um, just backing this up just a little bit because there's so much to say about about South Africa itself because I spent so much time there and bringing those bras. Um, you, you mentioned apartheid. The Nelson Mandela Museum is a place that everyone should see. And if it wasn't so windy while we were there, to the point where they had to cancel that, that um, worldwide race, we did not make it out to the island um, to, to see that, but uh, there are the culture, Soweto, the places that people can go and feel Africa is just indescribable. And and I wanted you to have some time really to talk about the um, acts for for Ro- Rwanda. Can you talk a bit about that? Because I know that's very important to you. Great. I appreciate that, Marsha. Um, Rwanda, um, in 1994, in April, while South Africa was having our first free and fair elections, in fact, my name was in, was in the ballot, and I was, I was, you know, we were all so concentrated on what was happening in South Africa that nobody really, I, I'm not going to say cared, in fact, including the USA, but just didn't take notice of what was happening in Rwanda. Rwanda was having a genocide where, where, where one group that was larger than the other group was taking advantage of certain situations, and it was it was terrible. It was a million people in a in a hundred days that were massacred, and and now and another the aftermath of that. I'll, I'll go into acts of Rwanda shortly, but um, I, I'm, I'm sure that you've seen that I'm, I'm importing coffee from East Africa as well, and one of the mm-hmm. groups that I'm importing coffee from in Rwanda is known as Questions. It's just called Q U E S T I O N S. And this is a group of ladies who've created a co-op, and most of them are from uh, lost their husbands in the genocide, their husbands, their brothers, their sons, and so on. And it's, a, it's an organisation, as I say, that is purely owned and run by by women. They grow the coffee, they grade the coffee, they sell the coffee. 
And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's just my small way of giving back to Africa. And as far as Act for Rwanda go, um, a, a beautiful lady um, from, from, from Little Rock, Arkansas, um, has, has helped us in many ways um, get involved in Act for Rwanda, Linda. And um, David, who, who's running the, 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 the actual, we, we're not referring it to as an, as an orphanage, but to a finishing school. And um, okay. I, had, I had the privilege two years ago, going three years now, when I was there, and um, David took me down into this um, area that, that, that wasn't the most pleasant area, and they were showing us all these, these, these little children that, you know, that, they, that, that were, were being sponsored and were coming into this, into this finishing school. And, um, uh, and, and in fact, they, they call it a transformation center. I apologize, yeah. And um, I was standing there looking at these kids and, you know, not, not, not taking away from, from a cute little kid crawling around, I looked to my right-hand side, and about about ten yards away from me, there was a, a young a, a young Rwandese boy standing there, about fifteen years old. And I looked at him, and I looked at everybody else, and I said, "What what's that guy standing there for? Who you know? Why is he not part of the program?" And the, the worst words that any parent can ever hear, I heard them saying to me, "Nobody wants him." And, oh you know, my that, goodness! That, that just that just. You know, it was like somebody hit me on the back of the head with a bat. I mean, it was, you know, mm-hmm. I, sort of, I, I really had to, I, I had to think twice about life, you know. Nobody wants him. What, what, a, what a, you know, what a, what, a, what a label to have. And without even mm-hmm. thinking twice, you know, without asking how much is it going to cost to adopt him or to sponsor him, you know, I, I just said, hey, young, hey, young boy, <laughs> you are mine. <laughs> and I actually had the privilege recently with a client who, um, who who joined me to to Africa, who also adopted a son, and we we had the privilege of taking the, these two boys down to Akagira National Park, which is the national park that has the Big Five in Rwanda, and it was the cutest thing. Mm-hmm. Letting letting Pacific, his name is Pacific, which is the French Pacific, and letting him use my camera. It was I, I, I was a little bit on on oh. edge with my, with my Nikon seventy two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> but he had an absolute ball, and you know, there's a guy who who doesn't, who has no idea who his father is because his mother was a prostitute. And what we've been able to do as well is is create a sewing project. As I say, Linda and and David have done an absolute marvelous job here, and we've we've created a sewing project where we've taken a, a lot of the prostitutes off the streets in Kigali, which is the the capital of Rwanda, and we've actually trained them to sew. And um, Stella and I, in fact, um, Pacific's mother was one of the first graduates from the co- or, or from the from the mm-hmm. sewing project. And it was the most wow. amazing experience for Stella to I and, and I to stand with this little lady between us, holding our hands, and just saying, "I thank God for 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 for, for Papa Robin and for Mama Stella, because now I can feed my children with my ta- with my talent. I don't have to feed them with my with my body anymore." <laughs> And we actually presented her with a sewing machine, and it, as I say, you know, um, changing lives. You know that. You know, yes, it's great to have a company, and we, we, and we're doing very well. Thank you very much. But for, for Stella and myself, you know, we look at the lives we change in Africa, in the USA. I mean, we had a lady from California, in fact, who wasn't sure whether she should come with me or to, to Africa, back and forth and back and forth, and um, she wanted to put a wooden floor into her kitchen. And finally, her daughter just said, Mom, you know, <laughs> I was going to say, screw the wooden floor, <laughs> go with rubber. Yeah. And she went with, with with us, and I think that next year, halfway through that next year, she um, she passed away. And her daughter mm-hmm. um, 
sent us a message just saying thank you, thank you, thank you. Because, you know, because her mom had always wanted to go, and then when her dad died, because um, they were both going to go, and then they didn't go. And, and you know, now, again, as I say, you know, with, with, with us, it's the lives we change that, you know, that keep us going. And, you know, I bet they change your lives, too, that oh, it is reciprocal, right? You would say that you've had clients and people that have maybe traveled with you on more than one occasion that have touched you as well. So you, it's sort of an enrichment on both sides, isn't it? Absolutely. Stella will speak about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, know I, want to, I want to, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. As I said, just, I mean, you know, just, 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 um, just small things. When we, we, we have, we have um, um, cancer survivors tra- um, traveling with us. And you know, I, I just I get quite emotional about it. I mean, you know, because it's it's you know they 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 are choosing to to travel. A lovely experience where, um, when Stella was leading a group together with me, we were completely surrounded by by elephants in the two vehicles we were driving in, mm-hmm. and um, one of the ladies in front of us just just started sobbing very quietly, and you know I leaned forward because I didn't want you know I didn't want her to to make any noises that might upset the elephants. And I just leaned forward and I just said, you know, Sherry, what's the matter? And um, she just quietly whispered in my ear and she said, the elephant spoke to me. And Sherry was there. Oh. She was actually she was going through chemo at that time. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm starting to tear up now. But um, she said to yes. me, so I said, what did the elephant say? And she said to me, she said, the elephant said, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> and, you know. Oh, you my gosh. I'm home and then, you know, I go through those experiences myself as well. I was, I landed up mm-hmm. in the cancer unit. Lexington, and you know, you just think like, wow. And and we've been privileged enough to have, you know, have, have given somebody some hope during their experiences. It's 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 beautiful, and I want to spell out that acts for Rwanda because it's A C T S, the numerical for Rwanda. And if people, your website is so complete that anybody that's listening can certainly find um, the website and. And, and learn much more about what you offer because uh, I know just talking to you about this, I know that in 2019 I'm, I may be traveling again with Shelley, um, but if I don't, I'm, I'm thinking, well, where? I guess I need to go to East Africa um, because I haven't been there yet. I, you know, and I do want to say that I did have the um, experience myself personally of being on a night drive where our person leading the the night drive in a jeep actually did spot um a wildebeest for those of you that don't know what that looks like it's gigantic it looks like a big buffalo and it's got big long horns big horns and and it was just turning dusk like you had mentioned and um a lioness came out of we don't know where and she jumped on the under underneath of this wildebeest so her arms were wrapped around its neck, her back legs were just, you know, clawing at the underbelly, and you're kind of watching, and people are videoing, and you're kind of watching, but you're not watching, but you're hearing, because you can hear bones, and you but and you want to watch, but you don't want to watch, and so we ultimately, we moved on so other other people could see, but the next morning, we went back to that same location very early, I think it was like 6 a.m., and there was the entire pride. There were the lioness, there were the cubs, there was the lion just sitting there looking so graceful and beautiful because 
I guess I should also mention that as this one lioness was on the neck and underneath, out of the right side, another one came bounding out, jumped on this wildebeest um, hindquarters. I mean, this, this animal didn't have a chance. And you think, well, this is nature. And frankly, all we saw that next day with all of these animals feeding was the big horn. And you say to yourself, you know, this was not a Disney ride. This was not one of those planned adventures. This is really nature at its, um, at its best. And, um, and so, you know, it's not like you say, you're not going to feed these animals. That That's not the goal. But when you're just out in the wilderness and uh, elephants are coming by you and giraffes are coming by you and the hippos are in the water and then the birds and the eagle and the falls, I mean, my God, it's just, I mean, I'm I'm sure people would come to the states and say there's beautiful there's beautiful things about the U.S. There is, but if you want to take a bucket list out of the states and you want to experience international travel, I I just I can't speak any more highly about your country and your continent, but also the services that you provide because people will go there for their honeymoons, won't they? Do you have a a package for them? We actually have a wonderful honeymoon package, and we are the only safari company that has a honeymoon registry. So, um, you know, when, you, when, when, a, when a couple is, is getting married, um, what they can do is they can send that registry out to their friends, family, and foe and get, mm. them, get them to sponsor their honeymoon. So that's, that, that is a great idea. That is. Stella, are you still with us? Yes, I am, Marcia. <laughs> okay. I would like to, because thank you for staying, because I know you're so busy and you needed to get to your phones. But I would like to ask you this question: What do you love most about what you do? What What is it that touches you the most? I think the lives that change are changed by traveling to Africa. I have had so many clients come back and say, you know, I never realized that visiting Africa would do something to me, to my soul. It just changes you. Mm-hmm. There's something very special in Africa, and I sometimes find it hard and difficult to explain, but it's an experience that it surpasses any other one. Um, it just touches your soul, and it changes you. And I think it's a, a combination of the wild animals, um, the nature, and also the people, very, very mm-hmm. much. And I think well, that is what yeah. thrills me so much about my job. And I also just feel, you know, arranging and planning itineraries that are unique per a request that we get. It feels like I'm on a safari all my every day of my life because I have to, um, you know, walk through it and plan it and know that everything's perfect. So I really do enjoy um, the difference that I, our work makes to in people's lives. What about you, Robin? Would I would would you say the same thing, or do you have do you have a different answer for what you love most about what you do? You know, mine mine mine. I just sum up in a very easy little sentence: I do what I love, and I love what I do. And you know, mm-hmm. how many people can 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 admit that about their job or their work? And I do. I, I it's, it's an absolute privilege. I've I've had people say to me, "Well, how did you start in Taba African Safari?" And I was being interviewed um, on Skype just just recently. And I pulled my collar straight, and I looked at, looked straight in the camera at the gentleman who was interviewing me, um, Stuart Lloyd, and I said to him, "Would you like to go to Africa with me?" And that, and, and that's exactly what it is. We, we, we don't send you to Africa; we take you. 
even in the times where I'm not able to go with my honeymooners, I don't know why they don't want me to go with them, but and I'm joking. But you know, I, you know, <laughs> the groups I'm not able to go with. I mean, when Des meets you in in South Africa, Des is as good as being me. And um, you know, it's it's just it's, again, it's 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 that privilege that I have, that Des has, that we all have to say, um, you know, we do what we love and we love what we do. This afternoon, we 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 had a staff meeting after lunch, and it was so beautiful to see the way my my our, our staff complimented each other for helping each other or for helping them to do their job. I thought, how many you know, how many um, how many companies do you do you go to a, a, a staff meeting in? Where, where one staff member will turn around and say to the other staff members, thank you for the support you give me. And it, it's, it's touching. It really, I mean, um, Alana Stella's personal assistant is going to Kenya um, in, in, in September, in October at least. Um, she's doing a, 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 an educational trip there. And, you know, this is, as I just take what Richard Branson said, you know, train your employees so that they can leave you, but treat them so that they won't leave you. And, you know, we, we, one, one looks at entire African safari, just Robin and Stella, but no, it's not. It's the people in our office. It's the people that we work with throughout southern and east Africa. We have got wonderful, wonderful, you know, lifelong relationships. And, you know, it's really interesting. Because of the beauty of social media, and people can find you, you are, you are Robin John Mountain on, on Facebook, and and somehow because of that, I got connected to Chef Melissa Mayo, right? And Melissa Mayo is a South African, and she was a guest on my show, also talking about what it meant to be a South African. And my connection to Jamie, whose husband and I know each other since junior high school, uh, oh. Pete. You know, we're the there is such beauty in the world. We can put on the news and we can see murder and mayhem or, and maybe you're supposed to know, I mean, we've had terrible weather in the North Carolinas, in the South Carolinas with, with the Hurricane Florence. Yes, there's been some devastating things that have happened. But what I find that is the beauty of people and why I enjoy doing this show each and every week is because like my return guests, as you are, Everyone has a story, Robin, Stella. Everyone has a story. Just your name, Stella, that was my mother-in-law's name. That is Shelley's granddaughter's name. That name is emotional to me. It, that's, it's just that, you know, those kinds of connections. And I just think that when we – and travel, travel is the unifier. It's not the divider. We find that, and I saw families with small children, and I thought, holy cow, how long did it take you to get here with seven- and eight-year-olds? I said, this didn't matter. They slept. We were fine. We played games. But now look what they're doing, and now look what they're seeing, and now look what they're experiencing. You can't read that in books. You might learn information, but you can't feel it. That's the next generation of politicians. That, you know, that's our next. That's our next president. That's our next, you know, um, secretary of agriculture. And, and 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 it's so beautiful to see a lot of the lodges that we use have children programs. And um, I was recently in in a lodge called Thornybush, and it was the cutest thing to see this game ranger on his hands and knees crawling like the like like the dung beetle and getting these these kids to do the same thing. 
And you know, they, and, and and as I say, you know, these these young children, and in fact, what I found now, you know, our generation put a lot of education into our kids. That's why I've got a doctor and I've got an engineer. But the next generation is putting a lot of experiential reality into their children, and we are booking more and more and more families. And uh, you know what I say to families, guys, save up. It, you know, this is this will cost you more than Disneyland, but this will give you yes. an experience that 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 child when when he's writing the essays, when he's doing the, the, the speeches, when he's doing the presentations as a Boy Scout, as a Boy Cub, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be remembered for a long time. It's, it's so true. And, you know, I, I know we're coming to the close of the hour, but I, I want to share something with you when we talk about people that has never left me. And I believe, and we, I haven't spoke with you on the air because when we were together the first time, I hadn't been there yet. But I did talk about this with Melissa. I actually had Melissa Mayo return to my show, and she said, Marsha, I'm going to turn the tables, and I'm going to have you give me your questions so you can tell your African story. And this was the one that touched me the most. We went to Soweto to to go to a place where um, there was a school. And the man that had run this, was running the school, he was fortunate to, to go to university, come back, and start the school himself that he wanted to give back. And he stood at the gates before we entered the school, and there were probably 25 or 30 of us. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Soweto. Welcome to my school. Please leave your pity face at the gate. We are not to be pitied. We are only to be loved and supported. I don't think that will ever leave me because when we stepped inside and saw all these children dancing and singing and swinging, and then we had a presentation with dancing and singing and watching the joy in conditions where most of us could never imagine ourselves living, let alone with children, that will never, ever leave my memory. And I just would just like to say in closing, because I really want to thank you so much for joining me today and really allowing me to have so much of this microphone. I usually like my guests to have the majority of the talking. But in, in this case, because this was so relevant and personal to me, and I, I so want to encourage my listeners, wherever you live, to consider this. They're so easy to find. They're experts. You're authentic, just like you mentioned. I just, I just can't thank you enough for allowing me the privilege of having you both on my show today, truly. Well, Marsha, we thank you for the privilege of being on the show. And I just would echo the, the, the words of that man in Soweto. Come to Africa and experience, yeah. and experience Mama Africa. Thank you, Marsha. My pleasure. And, you know, it doesn't stop because next week I'm having a woman on the show. Her name is Ina Butner Barnett. Okay, this is kind of funny. She was driving into Costco. Okay, all right. And I stalked her because she had this really cool sign on her car, and she's called the Sunshine Storyteller, and I just needed to know more. So that's how it started. That's how I do these shows. So Ina will be my guest next week. But I just want to thank you once again, all of you. This has been a live show. 
certainly you can listen on any of your favorite podcasts. You can simply go to a podcast on your iPhone, type in Born to Talk Radio Show and subscribe. All my shows will, will, will fall into that. If you have an Android and you go to Google Play, you can simply type podcast, type Born to Talk, and you can subscribe, and each week you can listen to the stories and the passions that I have the privilege of bringing to you each and every week. I love what I do. I have a wonderful life, and it's enriched by all of the storytellers that I have. So I'm going to say goodbye to you in Kentucky. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to play a little outgoing music. And I look forward to having you all join me again next week.